welcome once again to a novel evening. As always, I am Danny. Uh, again, yes, I don't usually sound quite this nasally. Uh, yet again, I have a cold. Um, so I definitely, I like to think I have some kind of like sexy voice going on, but I imagine I just sound crazy nasally. But welcome to a novel evening. Uh, you can find me over on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books, and you can find me on TikTok as a novel evening podcast and this week I am joined by an author whose debut is like everything I look for in a fantasy. We're talking 1930s jazz age setting. We are in Shanghai. We have got magic. We have got half vampire, half fox spirit, badass main female characters we have got Kings of Hell. We have got Dragon Pearls. I mean, this is everything I look for, without a doubt. The author is A.Y. Chow. The book is Shanghai Immortal. And oh my goodness, if I don't have a whole bunch of questions, if you are a fantasy fan, this is the book, the author, the episode for you. And I'm super, super excited to welcome A.Y. Chow onto the podcast. A massive hello to Alice. Hello. Hello. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I'm super excited to uh, to chat with you today. How are you? How is how is everything? Great. Cold. <laughs> the weather really sucks at the moment, but otherwise, otherwise, it's all very nice. England Things are going well. Just, this is possibly the worst spring I think we've ever had. I know. We're moving into May, and I'm still wearing my winter coat. Like, and there's a cost of living crisis. I feel like someone hasn't made whoever is in charge of the weather aware of this. We can't afford heating. No, exactly. I'm like, come on, sunshine. Come on, warm weather. Let's do it. Because when they said they were putting the thing up in April, I was like, it's fine because it's sunny in April. I feel like this is something the government have done. They've made it cold. <laughs> Big conspiracy. <laughs> oh, the TikTok is everywhere. I'm like, maybe she's onto something. <laughs> maybe that's what's happening. But, you know, we are heading into May. And, uh, you know, that means that June is very on the horizon for you. So Shanghai Immortal <laughs> is like imminent. First of June in the UK, right? Yes, that's right. How does that feel? Has it sunk in? It, it feels very surreal. It hasn't, it hasn't sunk in because there's so much around it that's happening. You know, like there's panels and um, I'm, plan I'm planning a launch party. Nice. Uh, and that's taking time and then I also am writing book two that's taking time so there's like lots of balls in the air and it's, I haven't had a lot of time to really sit down and think about oh yeah June 1st is coming up like it is coming up I'm very aware of it but I'm I don't have the time to really get I don't know to, to focus too much on it yeah, you everything else is like about it. you've got too much going no. on no, it's like, oh, this is happening today. Oh, that's happening tomorrow. Oh, these are things that I have to do. Oh my God, I have a deadline. I feel like you're going to wake up on June 1st and be like, it's June 1st. It's June 1st. It's like, oh, oh no. And have you <laughs> had, have you had your finished copies? Have you seen them and held them yet? I have, uh, I have not, not yet. Um, that's exciting. I only have the arc that I can play with. I mean, and show the arcs people. are beautiful. Oh, they're so pretty. They're really, really nice. So, I mean, I'm already really pleased about that. Yeah. Uh, but and to usually, actually get... the arc is beautiful, it means that the finished product's going to be something else. Mm. As a yes, general yes. rule. <laughs> yes. I think, I think they'll be really pretty. There's going to be like shiny bits on the cover. 
like spot UV, you know how it kind of reflects. So I'm very excited to see the final, the final thing. It'll be fun. Super exciting. Now I love, so fantasy is absolutely my wheelhouse. It's my love. I love fantasy. I especially love fantasy that's been inspired by the cultures. I, it's my favorite. So for me, and also the jazz age, I love. But this really mm. does encompass everything I love in a book. <laughs> no pressure or anything. But this is like my old, when I read this and I was like, Shanghai, 1930s, magic. I was, that was it. Have you actually read it? I the have whole, not book. had my proof through. So, but oh, no. I have, what? I've, got a, I've got a pre-order. So don't worry. Okay. 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 I'm one of those who's waiting for my June 1st, who's going to like be tearing at the door, waiting for my hardback <laughs> copy to fall through. I am very excited for that. But I mean, straight away, as soon as I've read this, my hopes are high. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. No but pressure. tell me oh my God. where this idea came from for you. Where did this kind of seed of an idea come into your brain? Um, okay, so pandemic, middle of pandemic. It's the first summer, 2020, right? Yep. Um, I had just bombed on on um I'd been querying, I bombed in the trenches, my book. Like it, it I sent it out. Oh, after two months, I was like, yeah, this is not, this is not, not happening. This yeah. is, it's not ready. It's not happening. Um, and I ended up writing it. I was like, you know, pandemic, it's the summer. Things were kind of like really stressful. And I was actually on a Faber Academy course. I was writing, um, I was writing a different, I was writing something different. And I was trying to revise something. And out came these lines. Um it was like uh, with a title like with a title like that you'd think i'd be beautiful you know all tata's hair and poise you know tied together with lashings of oh actually it's all hair tatas and ass tied together with lashings of poise and dignity well i'll disabuse you of that notion right now that those were the lines that i wrote and i was like oh my god i really like this um and i just i don't know it it feels like lady jing Came fully formed in my head like so I was like okay character, she's that voice yeah straight away it's, it's so voicey and I was like okay she's gonna be she's gonna be half vampire and half holy jing I don't know why um the that particular mix I I think if I psychoanalyze myself I really like vampires I grew up on Anne Rice you know that was yeah. my first the interview with a vampire her whole series it was like I was a huge fan and then there was True Blood, and then of course Twilight. <laughs> oh, Very Edward different Cullen. vampires you're turning to. <laughs> We're really crossing the genre of vampire. <laughs> totally, but I'm like, I'm like, I like the vampire lore. I find it really fascinating, and um, you know, because they're they're sort of they are sensual, they're um, but also kind of dark. It embraces all these like kind of taboos in a way in a in a package that's kind of sexy and cool and with the huli jing like i quite you know being chinese there's a tendency for chinese women to be fetishized or over sexualized and huli jing usually are seen as almost like the equivalent of a succubus like they're right. very sexualized and they like prey on men 
and you know like vampires prey on humans or or often like young maidens and so I was like you know I really like this I like the fact that there's kind of like these there's these ideas about them and I want to take them and make them not like that like how True Blood took vampires and they're like oh are you mainstreaming <laughs> which yeah. I thought was hilarious you know so I'm like okay I want to do that with the Huli Jing they're, they're these women and I'm going to make them super sensual sure but they're going to be like completely not interested in like it isn't about conquest sexual conquest they're just like I'm beautiful and I deserve it <laughs> like that kind of attitude it's not about the prey so, yeah. for them it's about them it's totally about them it's like no this is my self-care this is all about me so like I like those two ideas so I think it makes sense for me like if I look at it that way I'm like oh it makes sense that I paired them but I just really love the voice of Lady Jing and I wanted her to be this kind of I don't know somebody who pushes back on all the shit you know and has no fear and speaks her mind I mean she's got her issues of course but you know like growing up I'm, I'm like what 50 I'm turning 50 this year and like growing up there was all this like oh girl shouldn't act like that girl shouldn't talk like that that's inappropriate oh that's so unfeminine you know oh don't do that you know all of that kind of those messages and Lady Jane is like okay she's crass she's impertinent she's vulgar she says a lot of like she says piss and fart and turd all the time and it's really like a pushback against that okay this is how you if you're a proper adult you should be like this you shouldn't say these things you shouldn't do those things and actually it's like no I'm gonna make her do these things because she wants to because she can and because she's pushing back against that the yoke of oh this is what adult should look like um and of course it was pandemic as well so there was a lot of like fuck this yeah <laughs> there's a lot there was some rage going on behind the scenes <laughs> a lot of rage going behind the scenes and just like this freedom to be like you know I had so much fun writing the story because I was like you know you had all the pressure and all the like anxiety and then I was in this world with this character who was just like so um is it it that like yeah. the subconscious like just allowing your subconscious you want to spit at that person go ahead you want to be a coward and run away even though you shouldn't but you're going to go ahead yeah make you feel good go ahead <laughs> so that was very much yeah, it was very cathartic. Um, and I really enjoyed it. on Lady Jing. What people think doesn't doesn't weigh on her. It, it, it does, but not that kind. Like, the social niceties doesn't yeah. weigh on her. Like, it's more like the, oh, you're judging me because you think that I'm not enough, that I'm not good enough for this society or for you. That bothers her. But the, no, you should be like this. And, oh, why are you behaving like that? The social conformity, she's like, fuck that. I don't need to do that I'm just gonna do what I want to do <laughs> oh, it must be so freeing to get to write a character like that and just go to town oh yeah totally so fun so so fun and then all her swears and stuff are like I took Chinese curse words and made them and translated them into English into the closest what I felt was a close proximity so for example piss fart is um in Chinese if you say bullshit it's actually go pee, which means go is dog and pee is fart. So dog fart. Like if, <laughs> if I'm going to call out bullshit, I'm like, that's dog fart. Dog fart, so yeah. 
piss fart is like uh just like i was like okay dog fart seems a bit weird so i made it piss fart and then um turd egg there's like another swear that's like if you call somebody a bastard it's actually a wombat den and it's like uh, wombat it's, it's kind of like this if I'm, it's like a tortoise egg <laughs> like it's it's it it doesn't translate well but the idea of an egg is there but then is stupid it's actually stupid egg so <laughs> you're calling someone a stupid egg so like you know that's why that's why the cuss words are like that because they're, they're taking elements of chinese and kind of putting them into english except you're supposed to step into this world where you imagine that everybody around you is speaking Chinese anyway, and you're just kind of immersed into it. So that's why it's like turd eggs, rotten, rotten turds, or rotten turds. I love that too as well. If you were to call someone like an egg, like a stupid egg, it's like just insulting enough to know you're being insulted, but not enough that you can be like, wait, she, you can be questioning, like, did she just did she call me an egg? Yeah. You're like, what? That's wait. So much. So tell us a bit about Lady Jing's journey as well. Tell us a little bit about the plot of this story and what we're going to find her getting up to. So the story is set in um, 1935 Shanghai. In It starts out in an alternative 1935 Shanghai, which is the Chinese underworld, the equivalent of hell, um, but Chinese style. So it's not like a Christian concept. It's literally just like the underworld where souls arrive and then they... They, they have this ritual and they cross the bridge onto the ne their next life. So Jing is the ward. <laughs> Jing is the ward to the king of hell. Um, and she lives in this uh, immortal Shanghai. And uh, she's got a big chip on her shoulder. Her mom pawned her as a child. And, um, you know, she's because of her dual heritage. And she's, uh, how do you, it's not technically mixed race it's mixed species maybe <laughs> she's vampire no, and she's i'm like mixed but mythology. she's dual hair yeah i'm like uh so she's dual heritage and so you know she has the experience of being um not even marked like she's like people do not accept her for who she, she doesn't is have because a place there. she's not she doesn't have a place there and she's very much like um on the margins and so she has this big chip on her shoulder um and but she's kind of like a coddled princess too because she is the ward to the king of hell and he you know takes care of her so she's kind of like this glorified courier like a gopher she gets things for him even though he's like you should you have your title you should you should you know rise to your name and take a because it's very bureaucratic this vision of hell so everybody's a minister of something so he's like you should be a minister it's your you know you're my ward, you're, you, it's your ranking, whatever. And she's like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> she's just like Absolutely not interested. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and basically she has a real bee in her bonnet about her elders, the Huli Jing elders, because they tormented her as a child. And so she has another, like a tip on her shoulder about them. And she just wants to expose them. She wants everybody to acknowledge that the bitches that they are. And she gets a chance too she overhears one of them plotting to steal something from the king of hell and she's like okay here's my chance i'm gonna i'm gonna get them and that's the story like she's that's part of it like she's trying to get them but 
Unfortunately, there's a mortal visiting hell who is there to build the bank of hell. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Um, it's, it's, set, it's set in 1935, which is the confluence of, there's all sorts of things happening in 1935. Yeah. The Sino-Japanese War is like the Japanese aggression. So the Chinese-Japanese, Sino-Japanese War is on the horizon. Civil War is also happening. Um, there's foreign imperial aggression at the same time. So there's a lot of stuff happening. So the King of Hell being very sensible is like, oh, war is coming. Money from the mortal world is going to dry up. We need to have our own funds. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So that mortal comes in and he's like, Jing, you are going to babysit the mortal. You need oh. to make sure nobody eats him. And she's like, oh, how am I going to do this? Anyway, so the, this, the journey is basically she has to take care of this mortal and as she is forced to do it she kind of discovers friendship and she's forced into these situations um to where she has to spend time with some of her peers and yeah she kind of discovers that maybe maybe not everybody hates her and maybe it's not actually so bad to have friends or people who are friendly with you um and it's just really about her finding her identity and her place, not just finding, but deciding I'm going to make a place for yeah. myself. I will carve out a space for me. Um, yeah. So, you know, it reflects a lot about my own upbringing as a Chinese Canadian from the diaspora and that kind of feeling of straddling two worlds and sometimes feeling like you don't belong to either, but then deciding actually I'm going to claim both because I can and I, they're mine. Um, yeah, so that's what the story is about. I think it's really interesting. Some of my best friends are, you know, dual heritage, and sometimes when you straddle that line, it's very hard to be able to, you know, plant your flag in one or the other. You know, my friends have kind of told me that they're told, you know, they're either too white or they're too. Yeah. Turkish yeah. Malay, whatever it might be you're not quite in either and I love the idea of deciding no I'm gonna this is where yeah. I am I'm in the middle and I'm gonna be yeah. and I'm gonna take both the thing is like I think it's very much you can't if you wait for permission for other people there will always be there will always be people who are like oh no no they're gonna judge you whereas if you're like no actually I've decided that I am a hundred percent this and a hundred percent that and so together that makes me three hundred percent and that's just how it is. Fuck you. <laughs> like, yeah, I love too that. Bad for this you, is who I am. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's the only way. Cause yeah, otherwise if you allow people to other people to delineate who you are as an individual, I think you end up losing out. Because only you can say, you know, actually, no, this is my space and I'm gonna take it and that's mine. And nobody else can tell me where I can be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's allowing other people to dictate who you are and how you feel about something. And everyone has their own individual journeys yeah. and feeling, yeah, you know, absolutely. sure. And I love that you're encapsulating that in Lady Jing and her kind of trying to find her place. Yeah. And as you said, you've written a alternative Shanghai slash, you know, going to the real Shanghai at a time when there was a lot happening. Was that yeah. ever kind of daunting that you were going to be writing about kind of a really tumultuous period and kind of adapting it maybe slightly around this other world? Um, no. 
probably if I started out knowing that's what I wanted to do, I probably would have been daunted. But I was just like, oh, I like this. And then I'd go into rabbit holes and I do research and reading. And it was all just really fascinating. Um, some of it was really disturbing, of course, because it was not a good time for the Chinese in the treaty ports. They weren't treated well. And then with the Japanese imperial aggression, that was really, really awful. Um, you know, it culminated in, I don't know if you've heard of Unit 731 up in Manchuria. Um, yeah, so that was like, that was something that I also wanted to have as background to ground the story because yeah. it just, you know, it, it's sort of, it's the subtext behind what's happening there. And also at the time, of course, there was all the anti-Asian hate that was happening during pandemic. So that also fed into the story as well, like that I wanted to, it, it seeped in, but I also wanted to create a story that was like, okay, this is happening, but we can still have levity and joy in it. Yeah. Yeah. You've kind of got a mix of, of the two there. Like you say, you're having to kind of ground it and that there has to be some reality in the story. You can't, yeah. you know, gloss over what was happening at yeah. the time, but also, yeah. you know, Lady Jing sounds like a character where you can really have fun with her as well. And this world yes. that you built, you can kind yeah. of go the wilds with it, right? Oh, yeah. Like researching uh, real life Shanghai. Because at the time, it was also like, there was so much glamour and glitz. And, yeah. you know, like the hotel where um, Big Wong, the king of hell, has his headquarters in immortal Shanghai in a building that's basically the mirror of Cafe yeah. Hotel, which is this, at the time, it was like a really modern, you know, right at cutting edge hotel like all the big names went to visit, like Noel Coward was there, you know, um, I think Charlie Chaplin, um, Hemingway, there were like writers who went, I mean, it was- I was like, It would make know, sense for Hemingway to be there. <laughs> right, like it was like, you, you had, so you had like, you know, it was Paris, it was um, New York and Shanghai. Those were like, That's, yeah, it was, it was like really, really up there. Um, so yeah, that was really fascinating to, to see, to, to research all of that it's just yeah, yeah so and much I didn't happened. know for a long time you know I read a lot about kind of Paris in the 30s like say New York I didn't realize what a hub Shanghai was like you say it yeah. was glamorous it was you know yeah. it was a sexy place people were going there and it was you know like you say it was up there with all these hubs yeah. of metropolitan yes. glamour yeah yeah it was really it was like I was like I didn't realize I didn't understand that until I started researching it that it was really one of the like you know trios like one of the big big places that big destinations for like the equivalent of hipsters where would the hip and the trendy go now and like back then it was That's like oh, new york yeah. shanghai you know paris so yeah it's interesting and you briefly mentioned that you're working on book two yes so is this a duology is it a trilogy how do you see it's, this it's a trilogy ah. so yes um, I mean, it is a trilogy. Book book one is a standalone, so it isn't like a big, there's no cliffhanger there. Um, but there are some elements that I seeded in there that when you see book two, it will make sense. Like, you'll be like, oh, right, you mentioned that. Mm. Yeah, so book two is in Shanghai. It's in, mortal Sh in immortal Shanghai, but it is going to be going to Paris. Paris is a uh -huh. destination, so. Oh God, is this the same time period as well? Have you got me? Exactly the you same time, it'll be 1935. Oh, yeah, that is 1935-36, yeah. Like I had high hopes for this book. You've now said Paris in that age as well. And I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> my hopes just doubled. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm even like, when can I pre-order this? <laughs> How do I get an arc? Who do I have to <laughs> up? Because that sounds like my jam. I love this. And I mean, I, I guess you're going to be playing into folklore again. I don't know if it's still going to be kind of Asian folklore. Do you feel like there's a lot more you can explore in terms of kind of mythology and and folklore and things? So, um, yes. Book two, (laughs) book two is about vampires and Jing. So it's going to be fun. Um, Yeah. Vampires in Paris. Paris. I think that's all we, that's all I need to know. (laughs) I'm buying it. It's done. You have vampires in Paris. Like that is it. I mean, I love it. And there is something about, like you said, about the vampires, you know, they are basically apex predators, but they're sexy. And there's something kind of terrifying, but alluring about them. And, you know, you mentioned True Blood, that series of books. Oh, yeah. Vampires are not going to be quite so sexy. I think they're going to be more neurotic than anything else. Neurotic. (laughs) Neurotic, yes. I mean, if you look at Anne Rice, I mean, there's something to be said for Lestat. I mean, he was beautiful, but there was definitely something not quite right there. Oh, yeah. Lestat was like, oh, he's kind of like a, oh, well, he's not, I was going to say he's like a narcissist, but he's not really. He's I think he's whatever like the a level of a narcissist is, it's like he's he's gone beyond narcissist. He's almost yeah. grown. He actually, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Monkey from Journey to the West. So Monkey is this character who is like extremely confident, but also mischievous. Like people are like, don't do that. Don't do that. And he's like, I'm totally going to do that. (laughs) You know, like they're like, oh, you're not allowed in the orchard of immortal peaches. You know, you can't, you, 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 we're going to take away immortal, your immortality because you've been so naughty and you're not allowed at the banquet. You can't come. And so what does he do? He breaks into the banquet. He breaks into the uh, the grove of immortal peaches and he eats all of them. All of them. That's what I would <laughs> do. If someone said to me, you you can't eat any more peaches, I'd be like, watch me. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hold my beer. <laughs> off he goes. All of those peaches. I'm going to be so sick. <laughs> yeah. Then he was like, yeah. And then, of course, he's like, they couldn't take away his immortality because he like ate so many immortal peaches. <laughs> I feel like the stat has lived for so long that he's he's like a child. He's so bored. Yeah. He's had it all. And now he's like, how can I break things for fun? Yes. I have nothing yeah. else to entertain me anymore. Everything is boring. Yeah. And there is that side of vampires, isn't there? We're like, how long is too long for immortals? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, they're like, oh. So yeah, my more my vampires have like a little they also have a little chip on their shoulder. <laughs> it's a theme. <laughs> There's a recurring theme. There's a theme. There's a, theme. There's a recurring theme. <laughs> Definitely. I love. I love it so much. And, you know, my last question before we dive into the, the novel evening is, you know, where have you drawn inspiration from with your writing? Are there any kind of writers that you've kind of admired for world building? Or is there kind of literature you've read previously that you've drawn on? Oh, boy. Um, good question. <laughs> it is a really good question. Like, I've always, so I love Terry Pratchett. I love the way he creates these worlds that are seemingly very kind of like a romp. They're really funny, but actually they have some quite deep and serious social commentary in them, which I really, I really like that. Um, I found that really, I find it really fascinating. Of course, Terry Pratchett is amazing. He's a genius. So um, I've always liked his work. Um, And then, you know, like, actually a lot of my inspiration is like other 
diaspora writers who have come before me who have drawn on mythology um, and created something new, like Fonda Lee's Jade City series. Um, Jade, what did she call it? The Jade Sock? Jade? I don't know. Um, but like her, she's taken, you know, like Godfather and like me, but also like the like the Hong Kong um, gangster movies and mashed them up and created something uniquely hers, um, but still identifiably East Asian inspired, which I found like that, that kind of thing I really love. And I think Andrea Stewart's Bone Shard. Um, oh, be, I've just the drown, finished the drowning. last book. Oh, have you? Oh, I haven't finished it yet. I so, just yeah. finished Oh, you're in for a treat. Is it good? Oh. oh my goodness, so good. Okay, is Mephi okay? Like, thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, okay. <laughs> No spoilers. You know what? You are like, literally everyone I've said to that I've read it were like Mephi. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, but that's the I'm character so I'm here for. You know, you've so written a good character when that's what everyone wants to know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so good. But again, it's very <laughs> identifiably. You know, it's got those themes to it, but it feels completely fresh. Yeah. No, exactly. And um, you know, there's uh so many like Judy Lynn's uh, Magic Steep and Poison. And um, Su Lin Tan's Daughter of the Moon Goddess. Um, That's one of my favorites as well. Absolutely. So many. Yeah. And, and like also like Axio, like the Korean diaspora, like Axio's um, The Girl Who Fell Beneath the oh, Sea. Oh, yeah. I, I had Axio on here. She was amazing. That Did book you? was stunning. Right? Like all of those, I just seeing them do that gave me confidence to be like, oh, I can I can take elements that I really like and just play with them, you know, and, and smash them together and hope something fun comes out of it. So yeah, they were very inspiring. Um, and there's and a freeing. real resurgence at the moment. I feel like, you know, we've had a lot of Roman Greek mythology kind of inspired fantasy, but there's a real moment for kind of East Asian mythology mm. that's being put into fantasy. It's, it's brilliant. And there's some incredible books that are coming out of it. Completely. I mean, like Shiran Jade Zhao's, um, heavenly tyrant is coming out and then iron widow when iron oh, widow, came iron out, widow was, just... was like that blew that right? was like specific grim but like it was so oh my goodness like transformative meets... yes crazy yes yeah right it's unhinged but so cathartic so fun and just so imaginative like yeah so so those are yeah being able to see that coming out and and being like wow it just it just frees your imagination you're just like okay you know what I'm just gonna run with this I'm gonna write something that makes me really happy and hopefully somebody else likes it too oh I have absolutely no doubt uh you know I think it's gonna do incredibly well as I say you had me at the blurb so <laughs> I'm already well, fingers crossed <laughs> and as we say about high hopes I've got quite high hopes for your novel evening now I feel oh. like you're going to bring something different. I just have a feeling. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll We've been getting progressively stranger over the last few weeks. I don't know what's going on, if people are going a bit mad with the weather, or but they become more and more bizarre. So uh, oh, totally. we'll see. We'll see what you're going to bring to the table. Okay. okay. So we should start <gasps> off, first and foremost, where are you going to take us? So I, I had a toss up. It was between two venues from my book. So one of them was the um, Mahjong Hall of Harmony. So in Cafe Hotel, in the headquarters in hell, in Immortal Shanghai, there's 
um, on the ninth floor of the hotel, the immortals have created basically a um, a massive garden with a waterfall and like blooming trees. They're always blossoming. That's just the magic that they've put into it. And it's got like rolling trees. hills. Because <laughs> everything right? rolling hills. How do I get one of these? <laughs> and they like they, they sit under the trees and like they play mahjong and stuff. But I was thinking there, but actually I, I think what will be better is we go over to the Hulijin court, which is in Turquoise Hills, and it's like in the forest on a mountain. And the court is this massive palace complex made out of um what I call silkwood. I think I made it up. I need to check my notes, but it's like a beautiful, um, a very gleaming honey-colored wood. Anyway, all of their pavilions are made with this wood, polished so that it's reflective, almost like a mirror. And it's the whole palace is built on the lake of eternal reflection. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have our dinner in one of these pavilions in the middle of the lake, you know? So it's got like, you know, the big, beautiful pillars and these gorgeous, um, uh, like the, the eaves, they're the heavy wooden roofs with the eaves that turn upwards, like yeah, smile. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have our dinner in one of those pavilions. Oh, I mean, when you create something like that, it's only right that you should, you should be able to visit it in real life, right? I was like, oh, I totally want to go there, and then they'll have like zither players where they play like the Chinese guzun. Um, so it's kind of like it sounds a little bit like a harp. So it's all like strings, but it's um a horizontal instrument rather than vertical, and it's got the Chinese um. I don't know what you call it. It's like uh, the five notes rather than the full okay. scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, I don't know how you call it, but um, yeah, that kind of, that sort of music. So yeah, that's going to be playing in the background. It'll be really pretty. I love how you're not sure if you invented Silkwood. I'm like, I need to look it up. I know that I was like looking at different kinds of wood and I'm like, no, you know, I like this. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard of anything wood. this beautifully polished. So if nothing else, you've invented the finish. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, this sounds this sounds to be on a par with you know Rivendell when you picture the that beautiful, tranquil, calm, you know, yes. atmosphere. That's kind of the same kind of vibes that I'm picturing. Yes, exactly like that. With like these beautiful, it's like a big placid lake and like really pretty trees that kind of sweep, kind of like those um the pine trees that you see in Chinese and Japanese paintings like they're a little bit crooked and they have sweeping branches and got like birds and whatever <laughs> like chirping in the distance beautiful yeah. okay now we i'm now wondering who you're going to invite and if it's going to stay this calm and mellow throughout the evening i don't know i don't think so <laughs> so i'm guessing we're going to be having some food and some drinks we're going to be surrounded by all this beauty who's the first mm -hmm. person who's going to be announced so um, there's two, they're a pair. I, I wanted to invite Amy Tan and her mother, her late mother, because Amy Tan's book was the first book that I ever read that had a full Chinese cast that wasn't weirdly, like, wasn't derogatory. It was based on her lived experience, which I love. And then a lot of her stories were really based on her mom's experiences like she took down her mother's stories and created stories from those so I was like I really would love to meet her, her mom she was an amazing woman lived through a lot suffered a lot yeah. but um yeah I think she'd be really and also she's very forth like you no know, old Chinese lady very forthright yeah <laughs> it's not like it is 
yeah they tell it like it is so the <laughs> pair of them I, I I thought would be really fun I think it'll be lovely to see the dynamic as well and get to see them see them mm-hmm. together talking to one another right especially yeah. in this kind of environment the setting it's very kind of serene it's very peaceful yeah. it'd be lovely to just talk right exactly it could be lovely <laughs> stories okay so amy and her mother have arrived who's right the next one is gideon the ninth oh. with her broadsword <laughs> yes okay okay so i have these books i managed to hunt them down eventually um it took me a lot of finding at a forbidden planet but i haven't yet read them so that's a slap on the wrist but tell me more about this character so Gideon is, um, she's an orphan who was brought up in this, it's a society that is full of really old, decrepit people who worship bones. And Gideon is, again, Gideon's her own person and, but, and kind of, you know, she's in this society that's quite formal, that, you know, they are they're very devout and very formal and she's all like yeah I got my titty magazines I'm gonna I'm I'm off I'm gonna leave you know she's trying to escape this this world by basically faking her way onto a ship to take her away um and uh she she and Harrow Harrow is the daughter of the priest or the reverend that runs this world um and they hate each other they're the same age I think um and the story is kind of about them their friendship sort of um and how much they hate each other but not and they have to go to this other place to anyway it's a bonkers story but it's really good it's really hard it's like lesbian necromancers in space is the way it's being described that's why, that's why i bought it but that's yes. combined. <laughs> But it's like, it's so much more than that. It's like a closed house mystery. Murder mystery is actually what the book is, the yeah. majority of the book is about. But the story is just so unhinged and bonkers and fun that it's it's like Iron Widow in that it's like, you're on this ride and you don't fucking know where it's going. And yeah. you don't care because you're like, awesome. This is great. I don't know what's happening. I'm just following these characters. It's wonderful. It's like immersive experience, you know, where you're in the dark and you're just following people because they're yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. I have been but... off my current read and finally pick these up. I'm. You might have just got me to... <laughs> it's so good. And if you listen to the audiobook, Myra Quirk is the narrator and she is so good. Like, so good. She brings them to life. And her accent for Gideon is just, I'm like in love with Gideon. Like, I'm just like, oh, yes, I, talk to me more. Oh, my God. So Gideon now is kind of like this. picture Gideon and Amy Tan and her mom. Yeah. Around Gideon's this redheaded <laughs> woman, like really buff. <laughs> and he's also a bit like, yeah, I'm totally gorgeous, man. <laughs> like, but in a, in a humble way, it's weird. She's yeah. I feel like Amy Tan's mix. mom is, is not going to, is not going to brook this. She's gonna be like, a, or she'll be like, yeah, I like you. You're it's, good. It's gonna go one of two ways, isn't it? She's even gonna be so unimpressed and just like, who is this? <laughs> no, or she's like, stuff. I like her. She can join us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. I am now absolutely gonna have to read these books. They've been staring. Yeah, you do. It's so it. good. They're so good. Okay. Do you have anyone else coming? Oh my god, I have like eight people. Oh, beautiful. It's a, it's a <laughs> gathering. I like the big ones. Like, <laughs> three. I'm like, oh, okay. 
I like a oh my god no it's like a full-on gathering so the next one is Wu Zetian who is the empress she's the only female empress of China but I'm not it's not the real world one it's the one from Iron Widow yeah so she I've invited her because I think that she would be fun I want to I, I want to hear all about her opinion you know a bit scary she scares me a little, a little bit. bit scary oh yeah a little bit scary and then the next one the next one is Jane Austen do you know how many times I get Jane Austen and I always picture this poor woman coming into these settings because <laughs> it's always with the most batshit other guests we had I just had a recording with uh Gabby Burton who did Atlantis oh. With Jane Austen oh. and four other guests. And I feel like poor Jane would just be like, what, why am I here? <laughs> what is going I on? chose her because she has, she's very insightful. She's got great observational skills and she's very witty with it. So I'm like, I would want her to whisper in my ear what she thinks of all the other people. Oh, that's right? interesting. I'm like, tell me, come on, <laughs> what do you think? All right. And then I would have, um, Margaret Atwood. Oh, I mean, great show. I would love to just meet her generally. Would just be. Yeah, I want Margaret Atwood and Amy Tan's mom to chat. <laughs> because <laughs> Margaret, she's very like forthright and very quick. Yeah. Right? I think, it would just I think be I'd be scared, more scared of Margaret Atwood than anyone else sat around <laughs> that table. She frightens me. She's very, very, she's, yeah, she's terrifyingly clever and quick and dry with her humor. So, so dry. you're like, interviews, I'm like, I could not interview that woman. <laughs> no, no, and most people can't. I've seen her in, 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 in conversation, I think three times and none of the, none of the people who are interviewing her could keep up with her. Like none of them. I was like, she's she's scary she's scary and her brain the thing she comes up with in her brain is a terrifying place so i've got her and then and then i've got um kevin kwan from uh crazy rich asians yep <laughs> because i want to ask him all about like the place that i think in book two he talks about i lived in hong kong for a little while and in book two he talks about all these places that um his characters go to like the super uh wealthy privileged things and one of them was like some it's like a church at the top of a like in a sky rise and it was like in the penthouse or something and they have rock music and it's super exclusive i'm like is, is that real i want to know i want to know all about it so i want to know these Kevin places Kwan. i will never get to see <laughs> tell me about and, and then i and then i would like lord black from my book because he is the dragon king of the north and he is very cryptic he dresses like a an impoverished poet um and he's just kind of like in his own head and he's a bit like like the the dotty uncle in a way but he's like one of the most powerful beings in the world like he's as old as the cosmos but I he dresses like it. a I can imagine right? like that sort of and Amy Town's mom just sizes him up a little bit as he comes in and is yeah, right? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> and my very last person, the very last one is uh, the little prince from the, the the storybook. That's one of my, <laughs> I collect the little prince. I have lots of versions of it. I love it so much. <laughs> Those I'm are my dinner guests. I'm watching him at this table. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, this is very interesting. Who are these Bonjour, people? Are please, please join us. Yeah. 
please join us. Let me show you a picture, <laughs> you know, yeah, of a snake in a... <laughs> Maybe he could come for like an hour before bed or something. I feel like he's super yes, young, I think so. right? He's very young. He's very small. He needs to take care of his rose. <laughs> I forget how sweet I watched the adaptation that they did uh, on Netflix a little while ago. And it's kind of stop motion, which isn't used my favorite, but it was so nostalgic. It's so beautiful. And my kids. Yeah, my that story is just. Uh, They're the wrong. Oh, uh, really? The wrong. But it's so lovely. Oh, maybe they need to be older. Maybe. They're quite little. It's like, so they like color yeah. and. Yeah. Their stories. Yeah. Not quite I think that's more like maybe teen, where you kind of fall in love with this kind of magical. I don't even know what it is. It's like kind of. It's sort of like the story doesn't really make sense, but it's really lovely. I can imagine him in these beautiful grounds as well, just wandering around, looking at plants and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, so the question yeah, I always ask as well is, is there anyone who's not welcome? <sighs> I did think about this and it was like actually quite hard. Um, uh -huh. I would not welcome any book banners. <laughs> Nobody oh! who bans books, they are not allowed. They cannot come, sorry. It's worrying as well how much that is happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's very disturbing. And it's really disturbing because it's mostly diaspora books and books by non, well, basically marginalized creators who are, that's being bad. All the stuff that's talking about marginalized experiences, lived experiences, those are the ones that are like, oh no, you mustn't talk about that. No, 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 you can't, you can't, that's not okay. And it's just... Yeah, and they, people are, like, people who are, who have time on their hands to be nuisances are the ones who are really, you know, I, I read somebody saying, oh, this one guy is really responsible for hundreds and hundreds of ban requests. That's what he does all day, every day. <laughs> like, if you don't want to read a book, don't read it. Do I mean, just don't yeah. buy it. Don't, you know, don't get it out of the library. Just don't read it. Yeah, yeah. But people fun. get really, I don't know. It's very sad. So that makes me very sad. So they're not allowed at my party. They're not welcome. It's like people when you know there's like a TV show on and you hear like off Ofcom and like, we had 2,000 complaints about someone, I don't know, squashing a spider and I'm a celebrity. And I'm like, who has time? Who has time in this yeah. day and age to pick up a phone and make a complaint? Just turn your telly off. I don't understand. Yeah. Don't read the book. Don't watch it. You know, if something offends you, just don't look at it. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And it's like Jodie Pickle books are being banned. I'm like, how can you ban a Jodie really? Pickle? It's like, yeah, I think in somewhere, what? somewhere in the US, I can't quote exactly where, but yeah, there's been a spate of Jodie Pickle books being banned. I'm like, they're probably the least offensive books you could ever pick up. I just, I don't understand it. I'm like, anyway, like, uh... find a hobby. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Instead of banning books, get yeah. crochet or go jogging or yeah, something. go, you know. Do something good for humanity. <laughs> and that's the lesson. That's the tagline for this episode. <laughs> Go do something good for humanity. Please. <laughs> but that was, thank you very much, because I think that was actually a very sweet evening. I think it's going to be an yeah. evening of conversation. And it's just going to be a very gentle evening. I hope so. Yeah. Unless, unless people get angry with each other. <laughs> In that case, we will gently bow out and leave them to it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think actually the characters that you've chosen and the people you've chosen, I think would actually get on quite well. 
I think they're very witty. They're good conversationalists. Yeah, and they have like lots to say about lots of things. So I'm like, oh, there's going to be healthy be debate. <laughs> Which we love at a dinner party. What would a dinner party be without somebody clashing? Right. Oh my god. Just just have more. Just have more wine. Just exactly. Drink more wine. That fun. is <laughs> that is my motto for everything in life as well. Just have more wine. Just have more wine. Well, thank you so so much. And before I let you go, I have oh. to ask if you are reading anything at the moment. I am. I just got this book in post and I started it and it's amazing. Um, the Moon Represents My Heart by Ping. Oh my gosh, she's going to kill me because I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Wong Tichawat, maybe. I am talking with Pim. Actually, she is coming on the podcast. So I'm waiting for my copy to come imminently and it's, it looks stunning. It's so, so good. I just... I was like, oh, I'll just read a couple pages. And I was like, oh my God, no, I couldn't put it down, couldn't stop. Um, it's just beautiful. And it's the language, like the voice of it is beautiful. It's reminiscent of Celeste, Celeste Ng, who I love. And like, just how she treats like time traveling. Like it's, it's a bit like, it isn't treated as a fantastical, magical thing. It's just part of life. So it's very much like the time traveler's wife, you know, where it's, it's just it is just yeah. part of it. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's lovely. Um, yeah. So far I'm just, I'm enchanted. So and it's already been like it. the option for a film, right? It's already in the yes. world, which is great. Yes. Gemma Chan. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I love so her as well. I, she's just, she could do no wrong. Yeah. She's just, yeah. So I'm very excited. I really love it. And I totally recommend it. I think it's, um, it is a beautiful, it, so far it's beautiful. And I think that it will continue to be beautiful because I'm just, yeah, I'm, it's the tip of the iceberg. And I think that there's lots more, lots more gorgeousness to come. I cannot wait for my copy now. That's it. You've got me excited, but thank you. <laughs> thank you so, so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I can't oh, and thank wait you too. to get my copy of Shanghai Immortal. I am. Uh, yeah. I cannot wait. First of June. It's not far away. I'm going to dive straight into it the second it comes. <laughs> oh, I think it'll be out by the time this comes out. Uh, have a look at um, Goldsboro for <gasps> special editions. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, no. You know that's where I'm going when we wrap up. You know that's where I'm going to be going. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, so they sent out the newsletter to their subscribers. So I think it will be coming out to the public in a little while um that they're gonna have this thing so and that's when you know when you see those words you know something special's coming so that's gonna be a big deal honestly i think it's gonna do fantastically i cannot I hope so. wait to read it and thank you this has been so much fun thank you so much for having me this has been great <laughs>